Shot Podcast is back uh, on a Sunday Eve here on this all Irish edition of the Chair Shot Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Barry Murphy. Back as always with your ever dependable co-host. First of all, Mr. Paul Griffin. You say your name is Barry Murphy and you like to fight. Well, I say your name is Barry Murphy and you're a bastard. You watching some what classic Smackdown this week? Or? <laughs> No, but that's just one of my, my, I think I did, didn't I do a, a little segment like maybe last year where I, it was like my top five inane promo bits that I remember and always reference for some reason. I think so, actually. Yeah, now that you mentioned that, that does, um, uh, that does sound familiar. Yeah. Um, that old, yeah. That old Bobby Lashley chestnut. The good old Bobby Lashley and then the, don't, don't forget the cheeseburger um, <laughs> stuff uh, from old Bobble. Uh, but anyway, it's uh, just myself and Paul this week. Uh, Mr. Joe Towner, he is off wetting some babies' heads, which is not a euphemism. Well, it is a euphemism, but it's not a disgusting euphemism. It's what we call going out and getting drunk in the name of a christening um, in this part of the world. So, What uh, I, what I want to know is, do they call it a christening in other countries? Because I've always thought the christening was a very Irish name. We're talking about a baptism, folks, if you don't know. Do they call yes. it a christening anywhere else? Is that a thing? Uh, no, Natty is looking at me like I'm speaking Greek or something. No, yeah, I think, I think she's right. I, I don't think I've ever heard that terminology used outside of, you know, our people. Yeah. Uh, uh, if any of our... Oh, excuse me. If any of our international listeners want to uh, chime in on that, have you ever heard? Have you ever heard outside of the context of this show and Irish people? Have you ever heard of a christening, which is baptize a child and then go get drunk? And also, in your country, do you have any mad names for it? <laughs> uh, yeah. So that's where Joe is. He's off christening a child. Well, I don't uh, think he's actually the one doing the christening. He's at a christening. Yeah. Well, to to miss this show, I'd imagine he is. Um, Unless he's done a run in on the on the vicar, and taken hot, you know, a hostage situation. I think otherwise he's probably just in attendance. Be funny if he did that, though. Uh, you know what? I don't think in my adult life that I've ever been to a christening. Um, I think I probably did when I was a child once or twice, but I don't think I have a. a Modern reference for how a christening goes. No, no siblings with with uh, children. No. Um. Well, I guess that really be the only. I mean, it's it's typically you know it's not like a wedding where people invite loads of people. It's typically just kind of the family and the closest friends. You know, I've been to two. I think in in right. my adult years. Um. Yeah. yeah. There's not. There's not. Um, I don't, I don't think you enjoy it, to be honest. Well, that's the thing, because, it, you know, if Natty, if Natty and myself ever had a kid, I feel like in Ireland there's a, there's a pressure to have a christening. Like, I don't think, yeah. I don't think my man would let us away without having a christening. But then, 
the parents, this is the thing, right? As far as I recall, the parents at the christening, the priest is asking you all mad crap. Do you believe in Jesus and do you reject the devil and that? Well, I'd be I like, mean, you, well, you say, you say <laughs> mad questions, but that's kind of their thing. That's kind of the point of it, to be fair, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, I mean, I agree, yeah, so we've kind of, we're, we're doing away with the old, the old, uh, you have to be christened to get into a good school. That's being done away with. Yeah. But at the same time, there is still that kind of cultural pressure. <laughs> Wouldn't that be great if you had to put that on your CAO form when you <laughs> applied for university? Uh, date of baptism, please. I'll start yeah. attached. It's like, yeah, but we kind of have to do it because it's like your your mom, is, you know, or my, you know, Irish mams are kind of like, oh, well, you know, you don't have to go to church. You don't have to rate. But you can't not have a christening. What if, what if the devil comes to get the child, you know? Um, so um, it's very much a sleeping beauty situation. Here's yeah, a child who'll be asleep for sixteen years, still kissed by a true love, and that true love is Jesus. Oh, hallelujah! Can I get an amen? Um. So so yeah, christenings. So that's uh, where Joe is. He's at christening. <laughs> In summary, say what? I said that's where Joe is. Yeah, yeah. So we, we, I think we've had more to say about it than he probably will when he gets back, but. Um, uh, but yeah, so so I know Joe this week. Um, uh, I don't know if there's going to be a a whole bunch of the old uh, life guff this week. Obviously, uh, Paul, it was your birthday oh. a few days ago. Old man, river now. Uh, the big the big three zero, wasn't it? Well, let's not go on about it. Well, okay. Well, we'll just. Yeah. I, I I yeah. I think this. I was thinking about this um, earlier today. I think this is the first ever edition of the chair shot podcast in the 408 episodes since we started yeah. that we have only one person on the show who's in their 20s oh i was not i didn't even twig that yeah it's bad um, yeah well yeah me and yeah. joe are the old fogies now off one foot in the grave and that um well I'm, I'm, I'm not too far off you know i am i am the 27 um which is, you know, no spring chicken. But, ah, um, 27s, I, I, I trade in. The old uh, 30 <laughs> for 27 again, I think. I Well, obviously, I bet you would, but, you know. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so um, uh, much to, uh, 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 you know, chat about, but, but we want to talk about the birthday first. Did uh-huh. you do anything? Did you, did you, um, you know, we did. Did you contemplate life? Did you go somewhere? Did you do something? Did you cry? No, I didn't cry. Uh, I don't believe so. Um, we had went for a nice dinner on the night before my birthday because my birthday was on the Sunday night. Uh, sun, Sunday night it was on the Sunday, um, so we went out for a nice meal Saturday with both sets of parents, um, which was nice. Um, obviously, I spent much of the. Uh, free time I had over the weekend playing Spider-Man, which we're going to be talking about a little bit later, so hang on for that one. Um, yeah, I just bought a few, a couple of nice things, spent some time down at the parents' house. No big party or anything, because, number one, I'm not really a big fan of that kind of thing. Yeah, it's not... <laughs> number two, number two, I don't know enough people to come anyway, so... Nice, quiet weekends, which is kind of the way that I would prefer, to be honest, anyway. Um, 
Got a lot of PSN vouchers. Anybody who was asking me, what do you want for your birthday? <laughs> they all got the same answer. Just give me PSN vouchers. I'm kind of at that point in life now that I don't want uh, more physical stuff. You know, I, I've amassed enough... Uh, Crap. I was going to say, like, um, knickknacks and whatnot. Shit. Yeah, yeah, shit. Funkos and, what, and, and all that. So I was saying, I don't want Crap. more... I don't want more things that have a physical mass to them because I've already got too many of those. But I am um, uh, on that subject. I I had the the realization recently that I probably need to throw out most of these Funko Pops because they're a pain in the balls to clean around. Right. Uh, and also, I've just kind of kind of gotten over the novelty of them as well. Also, I'm like, eh, I don't really care about having these little things anymore. Yeah. Uh, well, I still quite like them. Um, to be fair, but yeah, I'm I'm not at a point now where I'm gonna go out and buy a. Ninja Turtle Raphael Funko or a Yellow Power Ranger or whatever. You know, I I, I don't have that uh, urge like I did maybe three years ago when I amassed quite a lot of them. Um, but I did. Speaking of that, I did buy another uh, Manchester United jersey, bring me up to about thirty-seven of those uh, in the wardrobe. So I'm gonna have to start getting rid of a few t-shirts because i'm i'm literally at the point now that i have too many shirts for the wardrobe they don't they don't fit in it and i've just got to fold them and throw them in the bottom um so i think i'll get rid of a lot of the old t-shirts i used to have maybe whittle it down to about 25 because i reckon i've probably got somewhere in the range of about 60 t-shirts and jerseys and I only wear them once, <laughs> once in a while. Um, but I did get the new, uh, get the new United jersey, and they won uh, yesterday. So lucky jersey paying off already. Mm. Um, and yeah, with the PSN vouchers, then I of course um, I was very lucky. My brother gave me a an early birthday present of a PSN code that I was able to use to pre-order Spider Man. So I was playing it at midnight on Thursday. Very nice, like me. Good stuff. Mm-hmm. And then I also, with the rest of the vouchers, ha- was able to pre-order Assassin's Creed for uh, 5th of October, I think that comes out. And, uh, yes. Yeah. And FIFA 19, which is out end of September. I'm not sure which, like 28th of September or something. And I was able to get the Spider-Man DLC. And I got a game called State of Mind, which I'll probably play between Spider-Man and Assassin's Creed. Yeah. So, lot of uh, savings there, because those are games that otherwise I would have to spend my own money on. So, this is a nice time of the year where I can get those things and not spend any of my own money. So, Yeah, I see. You got the old Assassin's Creed, because you know, the same day, maybe you must have made this mistake. You could have gotten uh, WWE 2K19 is out on the 5th of October. So. <laughs> I must have clicked on uh, the wrong one. That's what oh, was. wrong thing. Oh, you were organizing by date. Yeah, it's busy day. it's, it's, it's that be... it's that PSN store problem, you know. I I searched shite graphics and it gave me Assassin's Creed for whatever reason. I was like, no, it's not what I want. Um, yeah. But okay, yeah, I'm kind of curious about that. You know, I like the last Assassin's Creed a lot, but I also didn't finish it, and I feel like I wouldn't be able to buy the next one because that game, that last one's so massive. Well, that's the thing is, like, I I had countless hours of that left to play. The, the last one was my first ever Assassin's Creed. I don't know how it was how it was for you. But I, uh, like my third issue. Yeah, so I don't have necessarily uh, fatigue of Assassin's Creed. Mm. 
And uh, yeah, I did platinum it, and I did finish both the DLC packs in about like ninety-two hours, and I am hungry for more. So wow, yeah. I mean, at the same time, I it's I've been about a year since I beat it. You know, I I pretty much blitzed through it when it came out. I yeah. So so the thing about about like fatigue with it is that honestly, my problem wasn't just was fatigue. I just kind of I kind of drifted away. It is very long like, to be fair. It's very big. It's very long. But the thing about it is, I mean, that's that's like the freshest Assassin's Creed game. Pretty much since the first one. I mean, it's like they really switched it up. They made something very cool, very different. Um, uh, yeah, it, that, it was a great game. I, you know, it, it wasn't any particular reason. I just kind of moved away. But, um, yeah. but yeah, so that's that's those are some good. That's a good birthday haul there. You know, it did well. Yeah, and um, we went out for a lunch one of the days, and we went to uh, Burger King one of the days, and yeah, it was a really nice. Uh, Weekend. I did take a long weekend. I took the Thursday and Friday off. Thursday Very just nice. to relax, and then Friday, obviously, to play Spider Man. Um, but apart from that, not much else to report on the birthday side. I feel the same. Um, you didn't grow an extra leg or anything. No. Um, so the stories aren't true about that extra leg. It doesn't happen. Confirmed. Uh, yeah. So li- life goes on. Um, I did have an experience in um, a chip shop today, which I'll talk about as well. Um, so, experience, you say? <laughs> well, I went into our local um, chip shop today. I'll, I'll name and shame them. Macari's Main, Main Street Rohini, right? Okay. This is a shaming story? This is a shaming story. Right? I went okay. in. Um, like, like like many of Paul's stories, let's see who really comes out shamed at the end of this. I'm very curious. Go on. Okay. I went, um, went into Macari's and the place was ja- pretty full. Okay. Um, and I'm used to how the chip shops... I don't know how chip shops work in Limerick, Barry. I'm used to how okay. they work in, in Leakslip, where, former abode, where... You go in and there's like a queue. If it's busy, there'll be a queue that goes from the counter and along one side of the shop, right? And you normally will stand in that queue until you reach the counter. One of the persons, one of the people there will take your order. And then by the time you get to the till, you pay for your food and they give it to you, right? Okay, yes. This is how transactions typically go. That's typically how it works. So I go in, I go into this shop today and there's probably seven or eight people in front of me, but there's no line. They're just standing among the shop so i don't know who's ordered who's not ordered but they do have on the wall a sign that says queue this side and there's two people standing against that wall so i say okay i'll stand behind these guys and uh the people behind the tail are working away at no point at no point do they look up um or or ask yeah, have you ordered none of that they're just they're working away uh, and eventually one of them says next and i look at the people to my left and say do you want to go? And they say, oh, no, no, we ordered already. So I go up and the woman says to me, have you, did, did you not order already? And I say, no. And the woman, the other woman beside the till mutters under her breath, but I, enough that I could hear it. He was just standing there, not saying anything. And I was like, oh, I'm already annoyed now. But I, or, I order my food anyway, okay? I order the food. I say, I want um, two large chips and a, and a plain quarter pounder. Okay. Uh, they go, uh, go. I go back stand where I was again. They continue serving people in this disorganized manner, <laughs> and uh, eventually, I'm, eventually, I make my way again to the till, and your one looks up at me and goes, "What did you order?" And now, so I have to order it again. Now. 
Um, because they don't remember what I ordered from the first time. I say two large chips, one plain quarter pound. Well, you were just well, you were just standing there. I mean, so they go, they go get it, right? <laughs> <laughs> they go get the food, and at this stage, another woman has come into the shop and is now standing beside me. Someone who's like ordering, right? Standing right beside me, and uh, the the person serving me comes back with the bag of chips and goes, "Do you want that all together?" I say, "Yes." She says, salt and vinegar. I say, just salt, please. And she pours salt in it and then dumps the whole thing of vinegar in it. And I say, I say to her, uh, just salt, please. And me and, <laughs> me and the woman beside me share a glance where we're like, what the fuck is going on in this shop? This is some bizarre, bizarro world shop. Yeah. And, and I actually say to her, she, she put the vinegar in i say just salt but i say in a way that i say like just salt and then i said that's fine don't like don't worry there's vinegar in it but i'll eat it i don't mind that there's vinegar in it yeah. but then she takes it anyway and dumps all the chips out of it and puts more chips in what and puts salt in it all like mm. and then um and then i say can i get a bottle of coke as well and and give her the money and, and leave and i just oh I, he wants coke as well I, but I just left going like that was the 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 most difficult tra- what should be an easy deal it was just made so difficult by these RC people behind the behind the counter I don't understand it and they were just all sour faced and all and, so yeah named and shamed the old chip shop people <laughs> take that slammed um yeah food was good though to be fair uh ooh, dogs are barking downstairs that's very nice so, and if you like what's it typically like what well, I, I don't know i i don't go to that chip shop that often and when i do go it tends to be empty so i just walk right up to the counter and order my food mm. so, i don't know well uh after that dramatic episode uh, we'll uh, we'll lurch on with the with the show. Well, let me just really let me just mention one more thing, okay? Go on. Um, I have a new obsession in my life, okay. and it's the Marble Olympics. It's Ooh. this um, it's this YouTube channel I've come across, right? Okay. And it's um, <laughs> it's gonna be very difficult to explain, but after this show, and you two listeners. Um, look up on YouTube Marble Olympics, okay? It's this person who does these, like, races and shit, but with marbles. And they, they have the different color marbles are all, like, different teams, and they do commentary over it like it's the real Olympics. And it sounds really dumb. Um, it does, in fact, sound... It does, in fact... It, it's, it's, the, it's hard to explain the appeal of it, but I just came across, I think it was in my, like, related videos. And I watched an episode, and I'm... Just looking addicted to it. Because you're watching these, like, <laughs> marbles go down this long racetrack. You're like, come on, green marble! <laughs> and they do, like, all these different events. And, oh, it's great. I don't know why. Um, How did you find this? I don't know. I think it was just in the related videos on the side. And it was, like, 2017 Marble Olympics qualifying. And I was like, oh, I don't know. Clicked on it. And I just have been watching them, like, all day today and yesterday when I've not been playing Spider-Man. I don't know. Very very strange, but um, sure, give it a whirl, and uh, I th- I think I think it's probably something that's either on the cusp of going viral or 
maybe it already is and I don't know about it, but I would definitely recommend getting on board with it um, before it blows up. Um, the the channel that does it is called uh, Jelly's Marble Runs, but if you just search Marble Olympics, you'll find it. And it's it's become my new like guilty pleasure. I I I understand if somebody explained it like that to me, I'd say why are you watching this nonsense? Um, and yet it's very very um, addicting and very satisfying. Watching marbles go down. A, it's not quite like a Rube Goldberg style thing, but it's like I don't know. It, it, just watch it. It's, it's too hard to explain, but it's very good. Okay, I'll I'll, I'll add this to my to do list. Yeah. Now that Spider Man's finished, Marble Olympics. That's your next one. Okay. Um, I don't really have any life golf uh, to talk about though. Uh, but I did. Right, this is one minor thing. I did play soccer for the first time this week in about Ooh. fifteen years. Um, you may be surprised to hear this, Paul, but I'm not in great shape. Um, I'm not surprised. Uh, I, I could have been the football, to be honest. <laughs> um, uh, fucking hell, I thought I was actually going to keel over at one point and just, oh, like, yeah? that, this is the end. This is the end for me and my heart. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm going to try and go more often just to, my roommate goes every Thursday. I'm going to try and uh, go more often. Just what, what, to, was it a, like an organized... Team it's an organized thing. thing. Him and him and his friends go to to um, an indoor place okay. every Thursday for an hour. It's just an hour kicking the ball around. Yeah. You know, not not any you know not any kind of serious thing. It's it's. I think it's just everyone's been exercised. I don't think any of them play on teams anymore. I think some of them did when we were in school, but but not anymore. It's very much just a, a, a exercise thing. So I'm gonna I'm gonna try and do that, and uh, you know. <laughs> Cut down on the garbage. Well, to be fair, I don't mean to offend you, Barry. Go on. Um, but even if you were in like peak physical shape, I would never have pictured you as someone who was good at football. Well, first of all, how dare you? Okay, so so that I'm going to start off with the how dare you. Okay. Um, I mean, you're you're correct, of course, but but how dare you? Um, I used to play literally every week. Yeah. Um. Uh, in secondary school and into college, it's like I said, it's been about ten years since I went consistently. But yes, I was terrible. But you know, I was a I was a good defender. You know, because yeah. I could kick people. Um, I'm basically the same. I was never good at football, but I did play in defense. Um, but yeah, but but I mean, I I, I mean, I, I like I was terrible at the time, and now I have like rust and shit, you know, to deal with, and being ter- and being in worse shape than I've ever been in. It was a bit ugly. It was a bit ugly, I'll be honest. But right. um but uh I survived and yeah, you know, the you know trying to trying to trying to be a bit more active. I'm trying to trying to you know get my life in order a little bit here. Um uh you know I'm trying to go out more in, in a non, you know, like necessarily socializing manner, but literally go out more of the apartment, you know. Um I went for a walk on Saturday morning. I went to the park, hung out in the park for a while. Um, right. I was like listening to a podcast. I got my exercise. You know, trying to be a bit more organized. I've already made my lunch for work tomorrow instead of hastily throwing it together in the morning. Yeah, little things like that. Mm. I'm trying to trying to, trying to get get the ducks in a row here. So that's that's life golf really for me. Um, do you want to jump into our various other guffs here? We've quite a bit. Um, do you want to jump straight into game guff since obviously Spider Man's the big thing that came this, out? This, this will be our, our main event of the show, everyone. Okay. 
Um, uh, what, 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 why don't you kick us off here? I want to hear where you're at and what you're thinking. Right. Well, um, Barry, you've obviously completed the game, um, or at least the let's say the main part of the game. I I'm yet to finish the game. I'm um, definitely in what you would consider the end game, uh, as is my understanding. Um, I currently have a completion rate of 80%. Ooh. So I'm not too far behind. Um, I'm level 46, I think. Okay. Uh, of 50, so I'm very close to max level. Um, uh, but the way I'm playing the game, this is might differ from the way you did it, is... Um, before doing and of course i've been a little flexible with this but for the most part before doing each story uh mission i i'll clear out the map of all collectibles and and all that so i already have the majority of the collectibles that are available i've already got aside from some of the very late ones that become available some of the uh, without spoiling you know uh, bases and you know uh, obviously, I haven't finished those yet. I, I've just unlocked those. But all of the other collectibles that uh, become available during the first 75% of the game, let's say, um, I've got all of those already. 100%. Um, and Yeah, so I, I, you, you mentioned to me before we started recording that you have a 91%. You've obviously completed the main story. A ninety-one percent completion. So, what are you missing then, <laughs> in terms of the, what are the remaining nine percent? Uh, so, I, I did something kind of similar to you. I, I wasn't like religiously trying to clear the map, but I was just kind of through enjoying all the mechanics. I did a, an awful lot of the side quests um, uh, uh, before I finished the story. But when when the, when the actual story itself started to pick up in the final act, I was just like, okay, I want to I want to mainline this you know i, I right. want to see this through and so i i i left a couple of things um uh off the table but i have done all i got all the backpacks i got all the landmarks i've gotten yeah. all the research stations i've gotten all the pigeons yeah i've gotten all the stakeouts did you finish yeah, those yeah, yeah. uh the i have a few challenges left um and I believe of all the different varieties of bases, I believe I have one, as in just one physical base left to do. Um, I've I've already got some trophies left for for clearing out certain types of them. Right. Um, I just have I have one of one left. Yeah. Um, and then so I get, basically I just have to do I think I have to do like two or three tasks, uh, two or three challenges, um, one um, base. And then all I have to do, and this kind of seems like kind of menial work that, that might irritate me, but I'm so close to getting the platinum, I'll just do it. Um, the doing five of each of the types of crimes in each district. Yeah. Um, I tried to get those stats up earlier in the game, like before I finished it, and by just kind of perching up in a particular neighborhood, because obviously that's how they're divided up. They're segmented yeah. by neighborhoods, and it's a bit of a pain, especially as the game progresses and they there's four categories of crime and it's kind of randomly generated which ones happen yeah so that might that might be a bit of a pain but i do have a lot of them done already it's literally just a, a, a couple to be done in each district and then i'm done so i'm i'm within a couple of hours of just having this thing 100 percented right um and, and obviously um 
uh, even though I didn't finish everything before I got to the final story mission, I had every suit, every skill, every... Um, I think the suit mods, I think I have two left to purchase just because I, I just need these last few tokens from these last few uh, challenges. Yeah. Uh, but, but every... Um, uh, like Pretty much everything else purchasable that, that, could in, that could help me in any way, I got. So I, I played this to death before I finished the, the story. And I'd say in the next few days, I'll probably be finished, finished with it. Um, but yeah, I mean, and, and obviously, if you cannot tell from the fact that I'm this close and Paul has as much done as he has without finishing the story. Yeah, you know how the speed at which I play games, typically. Yeah, it's, uh, this, so, and obviously, we're recording this just like one week and a day after it actually came out. I think it's safe to say it's a effing tremendous game. Um, I think so. Uh, I... Early on, I was thinking, mm, some of these, some of this open world stuff is a little uh, repetitious. You know, um, the, the crimes we mentioned, you're going to the same crime every couple of minutes. It seems like if you're, if you're especially if you're farming them, if you want to get some tokens, you want to get your stats up. It seems like you're seeing the same thing over and over again. But the mechanics of just playing the game were so fun that I quickly breezed past that, and. Um, Pretty much every other facet of the game, I just love. I really enjoyed the story. I love the traversal. I think it looks gorgeous. I love the music. Um, uh, it's it's great. Even even loving it in the in the first couple of hours when I was all said and done with it, I, I think I ended up loving it even more and uh, than I was than I had thought I would. Um, yeah, really, really loved it. Really loved it. Yeah. I I I. I... I really enjoy. It. I don't know whether I'd, I would go as far as love. Um, I think it has a lot of problems, um, but I do think it's extremely fun to play. That's like, I mean, that's the main, the main uh, point of. I guess it, it reminds me. I know you weren't so hot on um, Infamous when that came out on PS3, but it, one thing that I always liked about Infamous, and to an extent about Assassin's Creed as well, is that the, no, rarely is a game as fun. When you're just going from, um, let's say, mission A to mission B, you know, never, never has a game or like those games. In, have I not wanted to fast travel so much, you know, because the fun of the game is just swinging from building to building, and mm. it almost becomes a rhythm game at points because you're just kind of massaging the controls to like get the perfect velocity you know and that that in itself is almost like a little mini game it is like super super fun um so it reminds me a lot of that and i, I love the infamous games so to me that's like a, a a positive aspect of the game um that being said nothing uh grinds my gears as much as when you're right in the middle of like that feeling of of being spider-man of swinging around super fast momentum and then suddenly it's a mary jane mission where you have to walk around real slowly and um i really really dislike those missions in the way that when you play like assassin's creed origins every now and then it pulls you out into the quote-unquote real world and you're this woman that you have no attachment to and you have to walk around and not get killed for 15 minutes and it's like mm. just don't have that in the game it completely breaks the momentum um and yeah, I think the the weakest parts of the game is when it takes you out of being Spider-Man and you're being Mary Jane or you're being, um, let's say, various other characters who don't have the Spider-Man powers, the game suddenly becomes very slow 
Um, yeah, and the other thing is that not only slow, but I feel like when you're taking over a base, like a kingpin base, just as an example, because he's the first guy you fight. And uh, every single time without fail, when I come up to those bases, you can just jump in and start doing your combat. But you, the first wave of guys you could take out stealthily. And I always do it. And it's just, it's because it, it allows you, you've that freedom to play around. You're like, all right, I'm popping these two mines here. So when this patrolling yeah. guy comes, he's gone. I'm going to distract this guy, web up his body. I'm going to drop to the floor. And when this guy comes around the corner, I'm going to drop, I'm going to yank this shelf on top of him. It's really, really fun. And the AI is good. If they catch you, they catch you. You can knock them out before they radio to other people. It feels like a very well-designed, modern game. But the Mary Jane and the other non-Spider-Man segments where you're doing stealth, it's like it's like the it's like a tacked-on stealth mission in a, like a PS2 action game. But some of them aren't like, even stealth. Like one of the very early ones is like you're Mary Jane and you just walk around the space and look at things for like ten minutes. But but I don't mind I don't mind that necessarily because it's it's like flavor for lack of a better term. <laughs> but it's, it's, like it's, it's just... not fun to play though. But it's like, only just, that, that could that could just be a cutscene. It's a couple of minutes. Like it's it's just it's yeah, but it could be a cutscene. But it's like but that's but yeah, but that's much of a muchness, isn't it? Whether yeah. whether she's looking at it in a cutscene or whether you're you're doing it. I mean, I I, I that doesn't bother me. I guess it just but feels it, like padding a bit to me. But when but it's but it's it's that the stealth is so unsophisticated. It's it's you're you're throwing distraction items, and the enemy and is walking like the, the other way. <laughs> biggest dipshits in the world. I go huh. <laughs> and walk over, and you're and you're sprinting past them. It's the most basic, like 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 I said, like the missions that would be tacked on to a, a first person shooter years ago when when stealth was the hot thing. Yeah, and so everyone was crowbarring it in where it wasn't needed. Um, yeah, they, they they and I I, I liked them kind of conceptually, but it's, it was the execution more that bothered me. Um, and I, I I appreciate that they were trying to give those characters something to do. And to be honest, uh, I didn't mind some of the later ones when you have um, like there's one character has a little app that they use to hack various things. Because um, at least then there's a bit of variety to it, but especially in the early parts, a lot of it is just walking around and walking up to a toolbox and pressing triangle. And as you say, then the the enemies go oh, and and walk off in that direction, and you go the other way, and it's, it's all very linear and not very fun to play. And wh- while and I was it, playing those, I was like, just let me be Spider-Man again, please. And it's also like instant fail, where if you get caught, yeah, back to the beginning. Yeah, which there are there are challenges in the game where. Um, uh, there's stealth that if you get detected, it's just a fail. But like that's a challenge. That's the whole point. Is that it's a side thing, and it's like if you really like the stealth in this game, do it this way. And here's your here's your test to see if you can really do it. As opposed to a story thing where it's like it's it's instant fail, and also you've no powers. I mean, that's that that's not fun at all. Yeah, th- those are those are the weak point of the game for sure. Yeah. I think. And one criticism I heard a lot of people make, which I don't agree with, was that people were saying. All the various power-ups you have, you know, like your impact web, your electric web, no, no, no. People, a lot of the reviews I saw, people were saying that you don't really use those so much in the game, but I'm all the time switching between my various power-ups. Um, Absolutely. All the time. So I, I don't, you know, I think that's one aspect of the game that's really well-designed, is the variety of different tactics you have for attacking enemies. Yeah, and, and the thing is, I think those things are in there for the purpose really for the purpose of fun and giving you the option to use them like they don't even have a story mission to introduce the concussive blast like there's never a mission where you have no, to No, you just that. get it. 
that's that's just unlocked at one point. You go you go into the the gadget screen. It's like oh, there's this extra thing down here, and it's what I actually prefer. But by the end of the game, I definitely prefer the combat in this to to Batman. Um, and and what set it apart for me, even though it is quite obviously heavily influenced by that, yeah, it is, is that Batman was very cool, but it was also very functional. And it that really was like a rhythm game. It was like you're you're you know punch 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 until such a time that you see the flash. Like okay, now it's my time to to defend defend defend. This enemy comes by with a shield. Okay, I have to press circle on him. And it was all very functional. And there was pretty much not not just one way to beat everyone, but there was there was a set amount of things you could do and a set amount of enemies you could do it uh, against. Whereas in this, it really is about like Spider-Man again, because the characters are so different. It's more about you feeling like an acrobatic, unstoppable superhero and kind of doing things whatever way you want. One of my favorite things to do was to launch people into the air, uh, right. do his swing kick, which is his, uh, you know, basically a drop kick from it while he's swinging from a web, yeah. and then uh, get up the gadget wheel, which, which gives you a bit of slow-mo time, and then use the impact web to mid-air stick someone <laughs> to, like, the wall, like a second-story yeah. window. Um, uh, the concussive blast, pretty much any rooftop fight, I'm using the concussive blast to just send people yeah. flying. The, con- the, the, the concussive blast is essentially the equivalent of the, the Fosrodar from Skyrim. Yeah, it's it, and it's it's very much a thing of like here's play with the physics in this game, knock people through tables or windows or send them off buildings. Like you know, it's it, they're, they're all the. I mean, to 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 say that you know there, there's um you, you know no real need for you, for these items, kind of missing the point of why they're there. I think that they're really for you to have fun with them. Um, and and I absolutely did. And I well, that's I, the point. I I talk a lot about. Uh, when I was talking about Last of Us, for example, with the the resources, I talk a lot about games encouraging or not encouraging you to play in a certain way. And this is definitely a game that encourages variety in in how you you know attack enemies and that. Um, like I'm a I'm a, very, a big big fan of the um, the web bomb or whatever it's called, where you just throw it, it explodes onto like five people, um, an impact web, of course. And yeah, I I, I like. Although the game doesn't necessarily force you, it's always more fun to see like how you can string up each enemy. Like, I quite like kicking people off buildings and hopping back on then to the building to the next one while this lad falls off into the distance, or trying to um, use a trip webs to catch like multiple people. I'll just stand in a corner and they'll all get caught to walls and so on. Um, so that's super super. Like I think I think aside from the the traversal, like I said, I think the combat is then the second strongest aspect, um, as well as, as well as well as the story. Um, story, I, I was kind of in two minds. Of, I think they stuck the landing, which was great, but um, they did a great job with the characters. I think they have a little bit of depth to them, and the Spider-Man character specifically is great. You know, he has this—he's this idealist and he's this quintessential hero. But not everything goes right. That's all great, and the villains. Um, well, some of them, some of them, some of the villains, like the ones in, in that, that trailer, I mean, they showed the trailer at, at PSX, whatever it was, with all, all like the six villains hmm. um, break, breaking out of the prison. I mean, they are as one dimensional as it gets. They are just bank robbers in, in suits. I mean, they are yeah. just they are just Scorpion and Rhino. That's just what they are. But the main villains, they have a lot of depth. And that's great. The, the only problem I had is that they, they try and show these characters as conflicted and, and, and you know, uh, build up a sense of tragedy to their origin. And it's like, I, it kind of works, but also it's like a huge leap to like, from feeling bad for them to then like them using weapons of mass destruction. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's I, like, I know what you mean. There, there's one in particular that seems like it flips over the course of 10, 15 minutes. 
yeah, it, it, it's 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 not perfect. Um, like I said, I think I think the ending is really strong, and and, and everything wraps up quite well. But eh, you know, good story, definitely. Um, yeah, it's it's a really tremendous game, uh, uh, and I think there's a new game plus mode. I doubt I'll like finish it on new game plus, but I can see myself going back, um, you know, with all my abilities and playing around in those early levels again. Um, One other little thing I have with the game that I, I find quite annoying, and I almost think that this is maybe going to impede my ability to hundred percent it, is um, I find that while swinging um, across great distances is like extremely fun, extremely well done. Anytime you try to do anything with, you know, in a precise way or with any like accuracy, the game kind of falls to pieces. Like if, if I'm trying to, if I'm swinging through, let's say, um, to a, a side mission or to a, like, let's say one of the challenge things and I want to land right where the box is going from swinging to like landing on a specific spot is extremely difficult in the game. Um, if unless that spot has like a target that you can use the triggers to shoot directly to, otherwise, it's like a crapshoot. Um, and this is why some of the challenges I just don't think that I'll <laughs> like get I'll ever get the the, the three token, um, like hundred percent on the challenges, just because they're the game itself makes them difficult as opposed to the challenges being well designed or you know anything like that like um Uh, for what for what it's worth i think the the trophy for that is to beat the person who gives you the challenges i don't think there's a trophy for get all well there are trophies for for doing each of them to to a standard of two out of three which i've done already for all of them okay okay yeah but like um one thing i've noticed on, on the subject of the traversal not being perfect have you ever like uh, Spider-Man 2, which this game obviously draws a lot of influence from on the PS2, that had that had a stick to walls button, right. so that when you when you hit a wall, you press circle and you stuck to it. I have noticed that the game really has a problem with transitioning from swinging to sticking to a wall without without just holding R2 and then going into the web sprint, which I don't want to do either. Yeah, um, it's like it's like if you're trying to be stealthy and land on the wall beneath guys who are on the roof. Uh, I feel like the game doesn't quite know how to do with that, and I, I either have to sprint up and I ruin the surprise, or I, you don't press anything and he, he kind of just falls while grazing the wall. Um, well, for instance, there's yeah, no it, there's no way to bounce off a wall, for example. Yeah, you you can stick to it, and then you have to do the convolute backflip off to get going again. There's no kind of huge jump off backwards. Yeah, that's like your that's your only option to get off a wall, basically. Um, so it is a bit annoying, but I found like with with the, one of the bomb challenges, for example, I as you're moving so fast because you're being timed. Um, sometimes you only have a split second to trigger to pull the triggers to get down to where the bomb is, right? But if the bomb is by a ledge, which is what happened to me on one of them, you shoot to the ledge instead of the bomb, and despite the bomb being like five feet away from you, it doesn't let you do the L one R one catch the bomb you have to be standing oh, right by yes. the bomb so yeah. I, that just killed my run i have to go back to the beginning again and sometimes the game when requiring you to be precise sometimes it's almost unplayable like the the just the way the systems are all implemented it's 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 almost like sonic the hedgehog in a way that the game encourages you to play it really really quickly um but when you're trying to be precise and do something very very specifically it's very hard um so I don't know if I'm going to get all the challenges like properly beaten. I'm I'm saving them. I'm go- I'm going to try and get two 
um, like a silver, let's say, a silver medal on all of them, but I'm not going to stress myself or go out of my way to get the goals, maybe until after I've beaten the game. Um, but not sound so negative, because the game is really, really great, you know. Um, I find that it's a game that I can sit down and just play for like five hours, which typically is something that's very difficult for me to do. Um, it looks fantastic as well. New York looks great. I love yeah. that all the real landmarks are in there, like Madison Square Garden, uh, Empire State Building, and then also the little Marvel uh, Easter eggs, let's say, that are in there as well. Um, I particularly like how it looks at nighttime. I think it looks great in the day as well, but I, it's just something about like the, the skyscrapers with the, the lights coming from the windows. It's, I think it's really a fantastic looking game, despite the fact that there was some online backlash over a puddle or something. I think it looks great. Yeah, that was stupid. Yeah, yeah, it looks gorgeous. Um, uh, the 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 windows uh, that's been a big technical marvel because you can kind of see into them. Um, well, all, almost every you know window can. Yeah, it makes the game feel kind of bigger when actually the the game world's not so enormous, but it does make it feel um, more lived in, and it's definitely like a vertically big, if not horizontally big. And, and and all the contextual actions as well, like it's just it's wonderful. It's it's a great game. It's a great. One game. thing you said about the story uh, was interesting. Um, I like that it has almost um, a Batman Telltale approach to some of the characters, and that it's it's not what you typically expect the characters to be. Almost every character has a little twist to it to make it unique to this game. Yeah. Um, and I really like that. I like that. Like you, you recognize a lot of the characters, but they aren't what you would expect them to be at this point in the game. And I also like, well, I like and don't like at the same time um, that it's not an origin story. It's set like five years, quote unquote, in the future. Um, however, the fact that it's not an origin story, um, it still does a lot of like setup. I felt like the first half of the story like i i i i was like 50 55 on the um overall completion and i felt like it was still setting things up like the story hadn't actually got going yet there's just so much like the fact that it's not an origin story it still does a lot of setup of characters and um i feel like the majority of the collectibles should be opened up earlier in the game because i you know when you're coming towards the end of the game it's just opening more collectibles for you like it 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 just has a very strange pacing to how it does things, um, because then you have like also he was in the trailer the Miles Morales character, he only appears in it like, you know three fifths through the game he's introduced you know like it it sets it takes a lot of time to set up stuff, which it really shouldn't because it's not an origin story you should almost be like right in the middle of it, um so I'm kind of conflicted on that but I I do find story very good very interesting and i think all the voice acting is tremendous i think the character models are very good as well um some hair is a bit funky but um yeah yeah norman osborne's got a lot of hair and it looks a bit kind of <laughs> and may's got that ps3 hair but um, um they, oh, but there's some close-ups as well and you're seeing people's pores and shit you're like oh this looks great yeah but, there is i know i know one shot in particular that i think you're talking about um, um, there's some scenes in the rain that are, I think, uh, I, I don't know if you've seen them yet, they're kind of late. Um, there's some scenes in the rain that are stunning, absolutely yeah. stunning. Char characters emoting in the rain, with the rain going down the face, it is jaw-dropping. I mean, it's it's a tremendous-looking game. Yeah. Um, 
And also, um, I, again, I don't know which ones you have and have not faced, but uh, most of the boss battles in this game are great, uh, and pretty much all of the ones in the final act are tremendous, um, which is hard to do in superhero games. I mean, there's even a great one early when you're, like, chasing... Um, Oh, they showed, they showed Shocker before the game came out. Shocker's in the game. He's like one of the first people you, you fight properly after Kingpin. Where you're like chasing him through the streets. Even that's cool. Because yeah. again, it's, it's incorporating the traversal into something other than just going from point A to point B. Yeah. Um, uh, it's great. It's great. Oh, it's, it's, it's a top-notch superhero game. It really is. Yeah, if you haven't um, got Spider-Man already, go out and buy it. And based on the sales data, you may be one of the few people who does not. Um, <laughs> so, in the world. In the world, baby. Uh, so yeah. Uh, I have not really been playing anything else bar that I got back into Yakuza before this came out, but I but then this came out, so I, I didn't really advance too far in it. Right. Uh, what about you? What have you been playing this week beyond Spidey, man? Um, well, I did uh, finish also, before Spider-Man came out, I finished the Last of Us DLC, Left Behind. I don't think you'd even started that the last time we spoke, actually. No. Well, I... I Beat it in the week before Spider-Man. I'd say probably okay. two or three days to finish. Um, yeah, I, di- I didn't really like it, to be honest. Um, oh, really? No. Uh, whereas the, f- the the main game, I think, is great. Um, I'm, I'm definitely a kind of a converted fan to Last of Us, despite some of the foibles I had with the survival genre as a whole. Um Left Behind just kind of felt very superfluous to me. Um, I don't feel like we got any real insight to Ellie as a character that we didn't know already from the main game. Um, like the, I, I guess at the time the lesbian twist might have been like a shocking thing, but you know, I would rather have some kind of revelation about her character. You know, some some big event happened to her that really. Uh, like led her on her path towards what the main game became but it's kind of a lot of it is just like i was saying about spider-man there it's just walk around look at things it's all very like empty and then the um the last bit because obviously the the dlc for people who haven't played it it's like flashing between like a uh, it's it's going back and forth between a flashback of you uh, as ellie as a young girl and, and this other girl whose name i can't remember and um, you're just going through this like empty mall, and then flashing to uh, current time where there's like enemies and so on. And uh, the last bit is just so frustratingly difficult, where you're Ellie, and you just have waves upon waves upon waves of enemy, and then you kill them all, right? And you get to the door to where Joel is, and then it's like, oh no, more enemies. Sorry, and you've already used all yeah. your best weapons and all your best ammo, <laughs> like. <laughs> fuck this game um yeah i just felt like i didn't really get much out of it. i thought it was a, a fairly forgettable um whatever it is th- three hours um like i didn't care much for the the backstory and i didn't care much for the modern day stuff it, it just felt very like how did ellie save joel well i don't really care because I, I know that joel is fine at the end like there's no real drama to it I would, I would rather that they told, like, a, a completely separate story from, you know, like, so, at some parts during the main game, it jumps from, like, spring to summer. Okay, show me some adventure that they went on that I don't know about. Um, yeah. or, or something like that, you know? Um, so, yeah, I, I, uh, although I really liked the main game, I thought the DLC was pretty weak. Um, and then I also 
since I've pre-ordered FIFA 19, the demo came out yesterday or or the day oh, before. Yeah. So I downloaded that and had a game of it. And uh, yeah, it's FIFA, like you'd expect it to be. I don't think there's any real uh, mad departure from the norm there. It's just a very, again, normal football game. Um, now, the last few years I've been playing Pro Evolution Soccer, not FIFA. Um, but this year I'm going back to FIFA because I just think the... Um, although the gameplay of Pez I find much more satisfying in terms of the actual matches you play... I'm just kind of tired of the bare bones range of options and like the career mode in FIFA is very, very basic, whereas FIFA has, or in PES is very, very basic, whereas FIFA allows you a lot more customizable uh, options in terms of your like transfer budget, in terms of, um, it obviously has all the licenses and so on, now has a Champions League as well. Um, so for this year, I'm going back to the FIFA side, um, going away from PES for a little while. And uh, yeah, I don't really have an allegiance to one side over another. I just kind of flip back and forth depending on depending on the reviews and depending on how I'm feeling that year. So this year will be a FIFA year. The last two years were were Pez, and uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to playing that. That'll definitely be my my in between game when when I play Assassin's Creed for so long in a day. I was like, oh, I need to give Assassin's Creed a break. I'll play a game of FIFA here or there. Um, sure. Do career mode in the background. It's not something that you have to dedicate a whole lot of time to. But something that I can come in and play for twenty minutes and turn it off, you know. Um. So there you go. That's that's our game guff. Game guff for this week. Uh, we got some other guffs we can get to yeah. here. Uh, you watched any telly this week? Because I have watched the second season of American Vandal. Um which uh, I actually completely forgot about um, uh, until, it, until it came out. Um, so that came out on Friday. Right. And despite my um, you know, obsession with getting through Spider-Man, uh, I was so hooked by that that I've already finished that as well. Um, uh, I can't remember the last time I binged a... a it might have been American Vandal Season 1, actually, was the last time I binged a, a show that quickly. Um, Really fantastic. Just eight episodes. A perfect follow-up. A perfect follow-up. Um, uh, uh, really, really great. Obviously lacking the surprise element of the first one, because I, ne- I had no idea what the first one even was when everyone told me to watch it. Um, but yeah, the second one is really great. Same crew, uh, same same two main characters from the from the first series. New school, new crime, new, new subset of characters beyond that. Um, but it's really, really great, and it's 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 got the same positives as the last season. You know, it's got it's funny. It has a, a good sense of intrigue about it. You're genuinely interested in seeing what happens with the with the crime, and then there's you know uh, some interesting elements to it that I won't give away here that, that actually help it separate itself and stand out a bit more uh, compared to the first one. So that's a huge thumbs up for that. Did you watch the first season of this, Paul? No, but I, I remember hearing about it when it came out. Should probably get to that. It's really good. It's probably one of these. It's one of my favorite Netflix originals they've ever done. Okay, um, I'll make an effort. Do, do, do. That's all I ask of you ever. Yeah. Um. Anyway, uh, that's really all I watched this week. Okay. Well, I watched the last few episodes of the Joel McHale show, also a Netflix right. uh, original, which has been cancelled now. So I'm very sad about that. Oh, has it? Yeah, yeah. They're not doing it anymore. Um, apparently not enough people watched it. Thanks, Barry and Joe. Oh, um, 
but I, 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 I always loved the soup. I watched the soup for many years, seven, eight years. I watched the soup before it was cancelled. And then this came back. I was like, oh, the soup is basically back. And I was very, very happy. And now that got cancelled as well. So, um, thanks everyone for ruining one of my favorite shows. Um, well, it's not our job to keep your shows on the air, sir. No, everyone too busy watching uh, American Vandal or whatever. Yeah, very wildly successful American Vandal, you know, so. Um, so yeah, I watched the last two episodes of that. That was good. Jack Black was on it. It was very funny, uh, as the soup always is. Um, I also watched a couple of episodes of Attack on Titan, because we were a few behind. I think we watched three episodes of that. Oh, no. No, we watched three episodes of the last time. Yeah, we watched this week's episode. Uh, very good. They're currently going through one of my favorite arcs in the series. And uh, that is a great show for anyone who has uh, any sort of tolerance for anime or subtitled TV. Um, and yeah they're they're slowly approaching my favorite arc of the series so I'm very excited to see that on the, like from the from the from the from the yeah. from the manga Barry your little nerd book from your little uh, comics they're called yeah. who would want anything to do with comics hmm <laughs> um see this uh, is yeah. this has always been my thing is I don't care if something is uh, a movie, a TV show, re, uh, like live action, uh, animated, whatever. If the concept is interesting to me, I'll watch it. You know, um, and Attack on Titan fell under that uh, umbrella. Giants are attacking a city, and you don't know why, and they're eating people and shit, and it's all yeah. cool. Yeah, I'll watch it. Great, and it's yeah, it's one of my one of my favorite series, and of course, the fact that it's ongoing is great as well. It's go- soon to go in very interesting directions so um i watched that on crunchyroll that's the, the only reason i have crunchyroll for watching attack on titan of course Nat- natty watches a lot of stuff for crunchyroll but for me it's my weekly attack on titan fix that i have to get and uh yeah apart from that i haven't watched uh haven't watched any more telly one thing that i've been doing though this is a new maybe a new feature for the podcast um we we did some mu- music off last week right so I'm gonna yeah. do another another music guff uh, this week because I realized I, I kind of had an epiphany after I listened to um, Kamikaze last week or the week before is that I don't really listen to many full albums. I listen to a lot of music, like I know a lot of singles of a lot of artists, but I don't actually listen to a lot of albums. Um, so I'm gonna try and listen to a new album. Every week. At least one new album that I've not heard before. Um, so since we were last been on the air, okay, I've listened to the entire Eminem back catalogue. Um, that's all nine albums, not including the original one. Uh, Infinite, whatever it's called. That, that was not on Spotify, so I wasn't able to listen to that. I've listened to all nine of Eminem's studio albums. I can't help but feel like this is a, a, a mistake. And I also am listening now... Um, what's the word in chronological order to Kanye West's albums that I've, I'd never listened to before. Um, one thing I know about Eminem, by the way, since I've now listened in a row to all his albums is, um, I have a few things to know. Okay. Number one, despite what I said last time, uh, Kamikaze is his worst album. Oh really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, in fact, this listen through, I, I still don't think it's good, but I was definitely a little bit more, 
um, in tune with Marshall Mathers LP2. I still don't think it's good. I don't hate it as much as I did. Um, yeah, Kamikaze just... I didn't... I, here's here's a, uh, an exercise for anyone who has Spotify, okay? Get up Kamikaze and s- play the first song and skip to about 30 seconds in, right? And listen to the beat of it. It'll just be some nondescript drums with no music at all. Uh, skip to the second track about 30 seconds in and listen to the beat of it. They all sound identical. There's no one song that has a sound that is different to the rest of them. Um, just a super bland, super unmemorable, pointless album. Um, all the other albums, even what you would consider the worst ones, have like one or two songs that are great. Um, Kamikaze really does not. Um, okay. And... Although, here's my sec- my second epiphany, is although the Marshall Mathers LP, the first one, has the more of the moments of, like, real genius to them, and, the, like, w- some of the more standout tracks, I think the Eminem show, the, the, the third album, I think is a more consistent album. Because I think there are some tracks on Marshall Mathers LPs that just aren't very good. So I think, although, obviously, the high points of Mar- Marshall Mathers LP are better i think overall i prefer the 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 eminem show that might be a controversial statement but upon wait wait hang on where does where does the slim shady lp fit into this third place i really like slim shady i think some of the songs towards the very end of the album aren't as strong as slim shady lp i i I think i think eminem show is very underrated yeah um because uh, it kind of gets, it's not even really talked about that much, because everyone talks about the first two and how the fourth one was the worst, but like, I don't know, I, I yeah, it's been a while since I've listened to them, although I have listened to them quite a lot. Mm. Um, I don't know, see, I, I can totally understand most of Marshall Mathers' LP not aging well at all. Um, well, that's that, that's true of a lot of the back catalogue, even up until some of the recent ones, to be fair. Yeah, but, and... Yeah, I don't know. That's that's interesting. I I, I don't know that I necessarily agree or disagree because, like I said, it's been too long since I've really um, uh, uh, dove in. But that that is an interesting ranking, I will certainly say. Yeah, and then um, I'm up as far as um, Kanye's fifth album, which is my what's it called? Twisted Dark Fantasy. My Twisted Dark Fantasy. Yeah, um, I really really enjoy the first three albums. I think they're all like fantastic. Um, and then the fourth one. 808s and heartbreaks is where he starts kind of although he kind of starts in graduation he moves from that kind of motown soul uh influenced music into a more electronic sound and i'm not sure i like that as much um that being said every album has a few great songs on it even up until my beautiful dark twisted fantasy with like amazing and um all the lights like really great club bangers um so I'm enjoying I'm enjoying a bit of Kanye to be honest. I, I, I know obviously all all the big hits, but I was just interested in in hearing how the, the, the albums overall sound. And there's some really great album tracks. If you go and dig, uh there's one in particular I really liked. Um what was it called? I think it was off graduation. Let's look it up now. Uh Where's the track list? Um, hmm. I can't find it. 
Maybe it was on College Dropout. This is great listening here. Um, yeah, Never Let Me Down on uh, College Dropout is a really great song. But then I think, um, you know, Diamonds from Sierra Leone is probably probably his best song that I've heard so far. Um, really, really great. So yeah, I've enjoyed some Kanye. I, I haven't quite got to the point where he completely goes off the rails. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, I, I've been told reliably by a source that I have that his the latest um, collection he put out uh, is, I think, shite was the word that was used. I've also heard that it's yeah, yeah. Not so that good. I'm uh, I'm still at a point where he's where he's good. Um, although one of the songs on on the current album I listened to does have the reference to the South Park episode when he was uh, parodied in that. Gorgeous is a song, yeah has a reference to South Park writers, which is just funny. Um, but if anyone has a suggestion they'd like to send in to me, an album that I might not have heard, uh, okay. can, can be any genre. I'm, I'm kind of on a rap kick at the moment, although Eminem and Kanye West, you, you might as well be completely different genres because Kanye is definitely a very, like I said, at least early on, that kind of soul Motowny sound. Eminem is, although Eminem makes fun of like insane clown posse, he's almost like horrorcore at points. Um, I would say he's closer to insane clown posse than it, a lot of the gangster rap that he associated with. But nevertheless, can be any genre. It can be rock, rap, country, whatever. I, I'm open to all suggestions. If there's any good albums out there that I haven't listened to, um, right? Let me I, know. I I have a suggestion. Go for it. I'm confident you'll like it. Fast forward to next week and you won't like it. But um, I think you would enjoy listening to Good AM by the unfortunately late great Mac Miller. I think you would enjoy that album quite a bit. I will check it out. Um, I'm writing it down in our little run sheet now just so I don't forget. But I will. It's it's G O colon O D A N. It's spelled it's on Spotify anyway. Uh, Mac Miller, we I don't think we've been on uh, the show since he died. He passed away there like a, about two weeks. Anyway. I'll tell you this, right? This might seem like um, hmm, hyperbolic praise is probably the right phrase I'm using, but he's like the artist people would like modern Eminem to be, right? Or or what people who <laughs> or what like Eminem fans like think Eminem is, he's really great. He or was really great. Um, and I remember listening. I have not listened to all his back catalog. Like he released an album literally about three weeks before he died, which is worse again that I have not that I have not listened to. I heard it was very good. Some people said it was one of his best. Um, I pretty much just listened to Good AM and a handful of other singles. You know, he was a guy who I would listen to every now and then. They go, oh, yeah, Mac Miller's good, and then never really, really listened to and then like when he passed away i listened to good am again i was like oh man he was really great i think i've only heard one of his songs now i i am gonna go in um with an open mind i will listen to that album this week and i will let you know um i have heard one of his songs uh cool aid and frozen pizza i will put out a disclaimer here i did not like it but i don't i I don't even know what that one is though so um so I'll, I'll give that a listen. I'll give that a listen this week. It's 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 really good. It, it obviously, you know, 
had lots of issues, but was very frank about them in his music. And I, I think his music has a lot more personality than modern Eminem does. And the, and the similarities to him and Eminem are obvious. You know, they're yeah. white rappers, and they're talking, trying to talk about you know. I mean, um, he didn't have um, he didn't have tattoos on his face or rainbow colored dreadlocks. So already he's no, uh, he's not. A, he's not. He's not a. He's like a good. He's modern. not one of the millions of modern rappers who all look and rap the same. Yeah. No, I think I think I think you'll enjoy that. But anyway. Yeah. If any, if any listeners have any suggestions, obviously chairshoppodcast.com. Send Paul an email um, and you can suggest him something. I will review music now. Uh, we got some movie guff to do. Yeah. I've seen three movies this week. I've seen two movies. Well, in the last two weeks. <laughs> oh, last two weeks, in fact, yeah. yeah. Uh, I'll go through mine really quickly. I don't have a whole lot to say about them. I saw Black 47. Yeah. Uh, which is... Basically a Western set during famine era Ireland. Okay. Um, another way you could describe it is kind of like John Wick set during that period. Uh, it's basically about an Irish an Irish man who comes back from from serving in the British Army. Obviously, it's during the famine. His family has been decimated. They were evicted by uh, local British landlords, and he goes on a revenge mission to basically just violently kill everyone who who, who played a role in his family's death. Um, I have not watched a lot of Irish films in my time, and the ones I have, they haven't really been, you know, genre films like this. This is ostensibly an, sort of an action thriller. Um, uh, but it is it is quite great, and, it, and it's very, very Irish. Um, and I appreciate it. And I appreciate uh, seeing the Brits in the role of, like, the evil Russians in John Wick. It's great. <laughs> they are just... They are just mustache twirling heels who there who are there to be violently murdered. It's so is is this the latest in that very niche genre of um, Irish films that make you hate the Brits? Um, we have, yeah, we have sure. Windish- Windishakes the Barley, Michael Collins, Michael Collins, um, like forty seven. Sure, I'm, I'm sure this is yeah. It's it's but it's 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 really good. Um, yeah. Also, I think I, I, it looks like it was filmed. I can't remember the name of the film board. This film had like the most logos at the opening of it that I've ever seen because it was contributed by about 10 different film boards uh, and, and, and filmmaking entities. It was bizarre. Um, but yeah, very good. Uh, I saw Searching, which is the first one of those movies I've seen where it's, for lack of a better term, told from the computer's perspective. Not that the computer is telling the story. Uh, <laughs> that would be very good. Yeah. But um, uh, that it's all told by a computer screen, within a computer screen, basically. Um, which I think is kind of becoming like the modern found footage. It's like, there's been like three or four of these, you know, from from big name studios already. Um, this is the first one I ever saw, and I genuinely really enjoyed it. Um, it's about a, a, a dad whose uh, teenage daughter goes missing. And basically, him working with the uh, FBI agent played by Deborah Messing um, to uh, to locate her, and it's all told from you know FaceTime conversations and routing through emails and whatnot, and it's really really great. And I think the uh, they uh, tie in an element of kind of modern society and social media into that. It's not just it's not just using the gimmick for the sake of using the gimmick. If you get me, I feel like they actually there's the 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 computer the tech aspect actually is a part of the story which I appreciate right um, so that's great the only the only very minor issue I had with the film is that sometimes that premise of of how the film is is uh, uh, made 
is a little bit contrived at times. Um, the, when the daughter goes missing and she's officially missing 24 hours can be, and you know, can be classified as missing, uh, Deborah Messing's character tells the dad at one point that, well, if he wants to help, he can uh, speak to all her classmates and gather some information, see if he can figure out how if she was acting strangely or, or what her friends think of her. Um, that's the complete opposite of not only how it would work in real life, but how it always happens in these movies, mm. where the FBI agent tells that you, you, this, you leave this to us, this is our job. But he he has to do that investigation via his computer, otherwise the film can't happen. So so the FBI officer is not only happy for him to basically do his own renegade investigation, but she actively encourages him to do it. Um, so that's a bit odd. But other than that, it, it was uh, it was really really great. Um, and and I say that as someone who who when you see movies like this, I kind of just roll my eyes. But this was uh, this was a cool one. Hmm. Uh, and then I saw the Predator, which is the uh, you ugly killer, you son of a bitch. It's the sequel? It's a sequel to the second one? It's a reboot? I don't know. I, I've only seen the first one, so I don't know how this ties into any of the sequels. I think this is kind of a uh, a sequel because they acknowledge that um, they, 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 there's references in this film to how Predators have been on Earth before in 1987 and 1997, which I think is Predator 1 and 2. Yeah. So, uh, uh, so there you go. Uh, this is uh, an extremely stupid movie. Uh, it's extremely fucking dumb. It right. is so so dumb. It is so dumb. There is there is every couple of scenes. There's a moment where something very stupid happens. Um, uh, it, it pushes the it pushes to the brink the logic of, of kind of action movies where you, you several times during the film, I was like, okay, uh, big scary predator. You have the hero in, in your hands, um, rip, rip him to pieces as I know you can and have done through this entire film instead of like dramatically throwing him away so that you can look cool. <laughs> I, uh, mur- murder him, murder him now. Um, that kind of thing happens all the time. Um, they have a little kid in there who has Asperger's, and they use that to justify him being some kind of genius who can communicate with aliens. It is a, in what is already a, a fairly lazy trope in Hollywood movies, the idea that people who are on the spectrum in some capacity are geniuses. This film pushes it also to the brink. Um, but with all that said, as big, dumb, stupid movies go, I, I thought this was thoroughly enjoyable. Um, they made they in the spirit of the original. They made a, a a ragtag group of soldiers take on the predator. That's what this film is, and they quip, and the quips land more than they miss. And every now and then, a predator will come along and disembowel someone in in, in increasingly gnarly ways, and that's all I can really ask for. Yeah. So it was a thumbs up film. I quite enjoyed it despite it being stupid. Also, this is the most shockingly uh, 16-rated film I've ever seen. Predators just eating people's head, guts spilling out everywhere. It is, it is exactly what you'd kind of want from a movie like this. I could not believe it was not 18-rated, but um, uh, yeah, if if it really is a check your brain at the door uh, uh, type movie. Uh, and uh, it's it's actually kind of almost bordering on B movie because, like I said, they've got the 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 '80s vibe down with the heroes, but also the villains, specifically Sterling K. Brown, chewing up that scenery. He is just he is just preposterously evil and 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 really camp in 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 his role. Um, it's it's great. It's great. If you want if you want borderline B movie fun, uh, I I would say check out the Predator. 
Um, so, so, so that's a, a hearty recommendation for that. And uh, I believe, I believe all of those are still in the cinema except Searching. Uh, so, so uh, Predator just came out. So, yeah, I, I'd recommend seeing that in the cinema if you can at all. Um, okay, Paul, have you seen any movies this week? I did. I watched. Um, well, you know, Barry, that I'm on a. I, I haven't mentioned it for a while, but I'm on a mission to watch all the movies starring one Dwayne Johnson, aka To Rock. Okay. Yes. Dinosaur Hunter. Um. So, The Rock was in a movie in 2013, which cut, almost along with um, Furious 6, kind of solidified him as one of the biggest uh, movie stars in the world. Um, I think that was the year he was, was that the first year he was like a billion dollar box office or something? Uh, hey. so for, obviously, Furious 6 was very successful. The other movie you might have forgotten about, Barry, despite it making loads of fucking money. Uh, G.I. Joe Retaliation. Did that make a lot of money? Oh, yeah. Right. Let me look it up here. G.I. Joe Retaliation a Box Office. I'll just get that confirmed. But, uh, uh, boxofficemojo.com. Uh, G.I. Joe Retaliation. Uh, duh, 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 duh. worldwide $375 million. Off a hundred and thirty million dollar budget, so I'm going to call that successful. Um, However, it is a sequel, so I did watch also the first one, which The Rock is not in, which is called GI Joe: Rise of Cobra. So you got GI Joe: Rise of Cobra, which stars Channing Tatum and Joseph Gordon-Levitt. I have no recollection of any of this. And you have have (laughs) GI Joe: Retaliation, which stars. Channing Tatum as well for, for, okay. for a couple of minutes um, and The Rock The Rock is not in the first one so long story short right the first G.I. Joe movie stars Channing Tatum who has gone publicly on record to say that he, he essentially made this movie under duress because he was tied into a contract he didn't want to do it um, oh because he only makes winners uh, Sienna Miller is in it um, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's in it uh, Jonathan Price is in it as the president. Um, who else is in it? A lot of people in it that you'd recognize. Let's, let's just say that. Uh, n- none of them in the second one because it was such <laughs> a absolute <laughs> shit show that they said, no, thank you. Apart from Jonathan Price, he is still in the second one for whatever reason. Okay. I think the only actors who are in both films are Channing Tatum, and he's only in the sequel for about 25 minutes. Uh, he gets killed. I think that's quite well known. Um, Jonathan Price, who is the president, and Ray Park. Ray Park, you might recognize the name. He's the Darth man. Maul. He's the man who played Darth Maul in Phantom Menace. He plays a, a, a great role that everyone loves. He plays a masked, mute character. So at no point do you see him. It might as well not be him, to be honest. Um, so for the most part, you you have an almost entirely new group, and <laughs> an almost an entirely new cast. Uh, in in G.I. Joe Retaliation. Now, um, you were just talking, Barry, about The Predator, right? A dumb, fun movie. So if I say to you, along the lines of, you know, Transformers and these kind of movies, that G.I. Joe um, is is by no means a good movie, but is at least kind of an irreverent, 
um, movie. It doesn't take itself too serious. It has some fun action in it, you know. Sure. Um, okay. That would be untrue, though, because oh. G.I. Joe Retaliation and also G.I. Joe Rise Cobra uh, take take themselves deathly seriously and are <laughs> super boring and super dull. Oh, no. um, Why, how, can you, how can you take yourself seriously when you're making a G.I. Joe There's one bit in the, in the sequel. There's one bit in G.I. Joe Retaliation that I did chuckle at because it, it was like the, the one bit of the movie where they realized what fucking movie they were making and kind of acted accordingly where they... Um, uh, oh, I forgot that uh, Bruce Willis is in G.I. Joe Retaliation as well. That's where all their budget went, was on Bruce Willis oh, and The is Rock. He, is he like a cameo or something? Or? Hey, he's got an extended cameo. Yeah, he's in it he's in for... You know the second half of the movie. He's he's not only in it for five minutes. Um, Jesus. Uh, which is funny because if I named you anyone else on the cast, you would not recognize them. It was very very clear where the budget of this movie went, and it was The Rock and Bruce Willis's pockets. Um, but it's funny because Bruce Willis plays like the original Joe, right? And uh, all the GI Joes go to his house for this last mission, and the the gag is that Bruce Willis. Uh, goes to his kitchen and opens up uh, a press. But then it has, like, you know, uh, cans of soup and whatever. But he opens it up, and it's, it's actually a fake... It's like a facade, and behind it is another press that is full of guns, right? Um, and then they just continue opening everything up, and everything has guns in it. The entire house is just fake... <laughs> fake presses concealing guns. And it's like a montage that goes on for, like two or three minutes of them just opening things and there being bigger and bigger guns. And that's like the one bit in in both of these movies. That was the one bit where I was like, okay, this is what a G.I. Joe movie should be. It should be silly, should be, yeah. silly, over the top. It's almost like a 21 Jump Street kind of tone to it. That's what a G.I. Joe movie should be. But um, remarkably, they made like two really um, overly stoic and <laughs> overly boring action movies and they're really really like duds they're they're both terrible um and it's just another one the long lines of movies that i watched that the rock is in that i go like how does the rock just pick his movies out of a hat that he does there's like i don't know how especially after the mess that the first one was uh very famously like i said channing tatum's gone on record talking about it um that, that he never that I signed up to do it. I mean, obviously they just said to him, you know, here's X amount of fifty money. million dollars to be in our movie. Yeah. He's like, yeah, yeah, and, and, and he goes, you know, I only had seven bucks when I when I started out. <laughs> so I, I came up with the name of my fucking company. Yeah. So um, yeah, they're 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 both. I don't think I would say that one is is worse than the other. I think they're both stinkers. Um. Yeah, Probably both farmed out with the same philosophy of just getting made. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I find it really odd that The Rock is in because it's it's almost like this this was like I say right on the precipice of The Rock going from you know let's say mid middling action slash comedy star because the 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 movies that he had made prior to GI Joe right were Snitch. Journey to the Mysterious Island, Fast Five. Fair enough, that was his first Fast and Furious movie. Faster, the other guys, Tooth Fairy. You know, he wasn't quite at the level that he, he now is. I think maybe he, he thought, and he kind of has done this now, 
But I think maybe he thought after Fast Five, he's like, okay, well, I can build my reputation as the action guy, and me being in the movie will be the draw. Which, as I said, that's that is the case now. But maybe he thought I can I can elevate GI Joe. People won't mm. have people w- with standards won't see this movie. But yeah. you know, people just want to go and have a good time when they rocks, watch the Rocks movies, brother. Um, yeah, don't listen to the critics. He was doing that. He was doing that Twitter speech in his head. <laughs> Before he ends up doing it in real life. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't think it's a, a shock to say that G.I. Joe Retaliation and G.I. Joe Rise of Cobra um, are both dreadful and that you should avoid them by all means. Um, so I'm down to, by the way, here's your little update. I've got f- yeah. five more movies to watch. Okay. With The Rock. They are Long Shot from 2001. Southland. I, I what that is. Don't worry about it. I'll watch it. You, okay. He's got a cameo in it for like thirty seconds or something. Um, Southland Tales, two thousand six, which is a Richard Linklater film. Actually, I believe that one's supposed to be good. Uh, okay. Reno nine one one Miami, which he has a cameo oh, in. Boy. Get smart with um, Anne Hathaway and Steve Carell. Yeah. And Gem and the Holograms, which he has a cameo. Oh. In. So they're, they're the last five. After that, I am all caught up on, on, on The Rock's, let's say, starring filmography. I'm, all, I'm obviously not going to watch fucking Randy Orton, Eyes of a Predator, that he was in as a talking head for five minutes. But in terms of his Hollywood, his, his acting uh, appearances in, in feature films, I will have seen every one that he's ever made. Fair enough, okay. From 2001 to 2018. And I will, I will watch Jungle Cruise when it comes out, although it does look... Uh, absolutely dreadful. What's that? I don't even know what that is. Jungle Cruise is his next movie that he's making. Oh. Is it him in a jungle fighting something? Uh, it's sure. it's a Disney movie based off uh, a ride in Disneyland. Oh. oh, wait, no, I think I've seen this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, and okay. it stars oh, Dwayne Johnson, Emily Blunt. Get ready for this one now. <laughs> Jack Whitehall. Jack Whitehall? Jack Whitehall. Not Jack White. Not Jack White. The the English comedian, oh, that Amer- Americans just don't know well enough yet to know how how bad yeah, I was Jack Whitehall is. He seems like the type of person that The Rock would think is hilarious. He's go he's taken that uh, James Corden career trajectory where he's like sneaking into the U.S. under the pretense that he's good, and like um, oh he's so funny. Uh, oh he's, he's so witty and uh, polite. <laughs> um, although. Here's where it might be good, right? It does have Jesse uh, Plemons in it from Breaking Bad and Todd from Breaking Bad. Basically. Oh, Todd, yeah, yeah. He's yeah, great. Yeah. I, I think he's great every film. Yeah, of course he is, yeah, but like, what's he, unless he's fucking writing and directing it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm afraid he's not. The person who is directing Jungle Cruise, let me give you their filmography here. Uh, they made House of Wax in 2005. Goal 2, not even the original Goal movie. Goal 2, Living the Dream. Uh, they made Orphan in 2009. Uh, Unknown, which is a movie I have seen. Unknown in 2001 with Liam Neeson, which is, for the most part, is bollocks. But it's 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 fun enough, I suppose. Uh, Non-Stop, which I've also seen, which also stars Liam Neeson and is also bollocks. Um, Run All Night, which also stars Liam Neeson. Uh, the Shallows, The Commuter, and now Jungle Cruise. So I'm going to go out on a limb and say to this lad, this movie's not going to be good. 
Um, although it doesn't come out until October 2019. That can't, surely can't be The Rock's next movie. He must have something out before then. No, he must have, he must have something. He must have something up his sleeve. Um, but that's... Um, I think that's my 30... Let me look up here. I think that's my 32nd Dwayne Johnson movie I've seen. I didn't realize you even had that many, but yeah, you've, you've surprised me with no, the names. No, 33. Recently, so. 33. So I put I put G.I. Joe at, at number 27, um, which, given how badly I just reviewed it, goes to show you about the Rock's filmography that there are six movies that I ranked even worse than that. Um, so... There you go. That's that's movie guff for this week. Don't watch the G.I. Joe movies. They're bad. Um, There's a revelation. Just scoop for you <laughs> only on the Chair Shop podcast. Alrighty. Let's, uh, let's jump into the wrestling talk here. Go for it. We got some stuff to do. Uh, I don't think I... I think last time we were on, we talked about how the uh, the fan appreciation night for OTT came out. Yeah. Um, and I was weighing up my options. I have now decided that I am going to that. <sighs> and I'm not going to Wembley. What a um, revelation that was on Twitter. Good lord. Yeah. So so uh better look next time. Probably. Was it was it watching Black Forty Seven that Major wind up for you? I was like, listen, <laughs> Jim Sm- Jim Smallman, he's very much the Brits. Jim Smallman, uh, I believe, was directly involved in the uh, funneling of potatoes to the English media. Yeah, it, it's like it's like an OTT is the ra. And I- <laughs> And I have to, I have to support them or something. Um, you know, as it's like closer, you know, uh, good cards, another Tivoli show, something like you know, just the it, the 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 vital thing was just reliability. I know what I'm getting with OTT, and I know it's going to be good. I don't think there's a chance it can be anything less than a great show. Um, and the value for money. So uh, so that decision has been made. Uh, besides that, though, we've also had more announcements for the October 14th show, which is the fourth anniversary show from the National Stadium. Three matches so far. All right? yeah. We've got our World Championship match, which is Will Ospreay versus Walter, uh, which should be incredible. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, two of the best in the world. Uh, Defiant have done that match before, but I believe that is literally the one and only time those two have met. They put that match out for free this week. I'm not going to watch it because I I know both guys, and so I, I want whatever they do to be a surprise. Yeah. Uh, but, I, but I heard the match was incredible. Um, so, so that's good. They announced Minoru Suzuki versus Timothy Thatcher. Um, which, funnily enough, that's that's a pretty incredible match. That is a bit of a dream match. I think that might be something that you might enjoy more on video on demand because you want to you want to see them grimacing and fucking twisting each other's fingers and being pricks. You know what I mean? You don't. <laughs> it's not. It's not a. I don't know that that's a big room match. That, that was a surprise Suzuki announcement, by the way, as well. Oh yeah. Well, I think they had announced a couple of hours ahead of time that they were bringing him in. But um, and then they came out with the Suzuki thing. Well, I mean, he uh, wasn't on the poster originally when they announced this show. That was yeah, just they, they, they had quite a few few days on Twitter because basically, yeah, they had they had Naito and, and the Lij lads on the poster, and then they said uh, we've got more New Japan stars coming soon, 
And then they said Suzuki's coming, and everyone was like, yay. And then they said Suzuki's facing Thatcher. Thatcher also not announced ahead of time. Thatcher, the yeah. announcement of that match was the first time it was announced Thatcher was going to be there. Um, so that happened, and that, that's, again, just for the sheer character work alone, that's something of a dream. Match. Yeah, people, so people are reacting very big to that one. That, that was a that, that's a that is a in the same way that if Defiant didn't get there first in the UK, uh, Walter and Osprey also would have been a first time dream match. Yeah. Um, but also even even though it's not the first, it's still very fresh. Um, so yeah, they got Suzuki Thatcher, and then uh, they also you know they announced there was more, more New Japan guys coming, and then they just said uh, Ishii versus Kushida, two people again just added to the cards when this match was announced. Uh, that's a pretty great match as well. They have they have also faced each other. One time in 2014, obviously New Japan, they do not, uh, you know, uh, cross pollinate the the heavyweights and the and the junior heavyweights quite a lot. So uh, not a very regular occurrence at all, and sure to be a great match, I think, especially based on their two WrestleRama performances. Yeah. Um, so apparently, make- apparently, we're getting a, a Naito announcement tomorrow. That and that's that fascinates me because honestly, I think you can kind of once you know what he's doing, I think you could maybe piece together the rest of the cards. Mm. But I think what he and Lij are doing is something of a uh, a wild card. Um, so, what do you make of this card? What do you make of the potential rest of the cards? Do you have any predictions for Naito? What do you think so far on this one? Um, well, I'm looking at the poster here. Who who do we still not have announced for matches? I mean, obviously we have. Uh, Strickland on the card. We have uh, Flamita, Bandito. So I'm thinking we'll probably get the three of them and someone against uh, Lij. Mm. Would be my guess because I know that they like to keep all the imports together. Um, and I would actually would not be against that because that opens slots for the Irish lads. Because that's my one my one feeling about all of these announcements is that the the little little uh, f- uh, black forty sevens being left in the background um so i'm hoping we get some some uh angel cruisers announcements some kings of the north some uh more than hype yeah that, that I, that's kind of my one gripe too and i talk about spoiled i mean this these are three incredible oh, matches I, but, but, but I, I did look at it and go especially because so i look at this it's like it's been a, a lot of talk like you know, like we don't necessarily know that naito is going to be coming in you know, is he going to come in to have a banging G one match? Do you know what I mean? Like or a Wrestle Kingdom main event match? I, I like like Juice and Ishii had like Juice. But remember, when, remember when Ishii first came in? Like that first Cobb the match, Jeff Cobb match I, wasn't very good. Yeah. So and and I've heard from people who have seen Naito in Rev Pro that you know it's not like does it try is like an extreme way of putting it, but he you know. Kind of like, kind of like the December Young Bucks match. Like, I think people know we can come over and be stars and not necessarily kill ourselves. He's he's, I mean? he's doing the house show match. Yeah, he might do the house show match. So, so what I would probably like to see would be maybe him and two of the other Lij guys, maybe like Bushi and Sonata, put Evil in a singles match somewhere else. Uh, you know, th- those three against Kings of the North, right? Because even if Naito just does the occasional hot tag, he does his high spots or whatever. The other five lads will probably kill it. You know, you know the Kings will go mental doing their best to have a killer match with top stars. Uh, I think that would be great. I think the idea of, 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 like, I saw some people kicking around the idea that what if they do Naito versus Strickland? Because that's such a unique... I see weird, it, yeah. A, a weird match that, again, OTT could stick their flag in and say, here's a match that just we can do. But 
as, as we just mentioned about the Irish guys, if you do that, and that's your top four matches, 100% international, no Irish representation. Well, this, this was my one thing I was thinking of about the main event specifically. Is, is the, it's the first main event, probably since I started going to OTT, that there hasn't been that like real OTT presence in it. it it's essentially uh, an import match for your title. You know, there's not that homegrown, yeah. whether it's, whether it's um, Devlin, Smile, uh, done. You know, they're all kind of embodied Kings of the OTT. North. You know, well, Kings of North have never been the in the world title match, but you get you get the point. Um, oh, sorry, I thought, sorry, I've done specifically about the main event. Yeah. Okay. That Osprey. Homecoming, you know, but well, Osprey has been in you know OTT for a while here and there, but I don't feel like there's that homegrown aspect for the fans to get their teeth into, like they did with Devlin, like they did with. Um, Done, you know, smile for a little while before he went heel. Um, Haskins, let me not forget Haskins as well. But um, it's strange because I know it's for the title, but it almost doesn't feel like an OTT main event. It's, it's a match that I'm very happy we're getting, but it almost feels a little bit off, a little bit strange. Um, and I, I feel like you're, you're, you're just talking about the LIJ against Kings of North. I feel like we've had the same conversation on the podcast you know, 20 times of, oh, the, a good match would be the imports versus the Kings of North. They never do it. They never, they never mix them. Yeah. And I could, yeah. I could only imagine in this case, um, I, in, the, in fact, in this case, I'd be a little bit more sympathetic because um, I can only imagine Naito and the boys trying to imagine that, trying to understand that Belfast accent. <laughs> <laughs> Call them the spots. What the fuck yeah. is that saying? Corvin, the, other, the, the thickest the other, accent in the world. Yeah, Corvin with the mo- the most accented man of all time. Um, oh, did you you listen by the way to that um, OTT podcast of him? Right. Yes. Yeah. F- yeah. Fantastic okay. stuff. Probably the best yeah, thing they've yeah. done, I think. And I tell you, you, you believe as well. Like when he when he said how he watches all the wrestling in the world, and he prides himself on the fact oh, that yeah. oh, I one hundred percent believe that if Naito says. At this point, we do this move. I guarantee you, he even knows all their gimmicky kayfabe names for the moves. Like, like I bet, like he's a real watches everything and is lapping up every chance he gets to have a you know put me in, coach. You know, put me in yeah. the with the with the big star. I will have the match. I will be easy to work with. Like he's he's a company guy and a hard worker, and that came across on the podcast. Um, uh, but yeah, the only the only issue I could see with them maybe doing that match is that. Uh, I mean, it's the heels. The Kings just turned heel, which is great, perfect to face Naito, who'll be a megastar. But they're also the champions, and I don't see Naito losing. Yeah. Um, so that might be tough. It's 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 very very tough. And also, this card struggles because they've no Jordan, and Jordan is the quintessential plug and play. Who you got? Top star from anywhere in the world. Pop him in there with Jordan. Yeah. Bob Uncle. Well, this is one mean? thing that the OTT or was it Cabrera? tweeted specifically that they like they booked the stadium not realizing that it was like wwe weekend um ring of honor yeah (laughs) and yet look at the card they put together it's like really really incredible it really is fair enough devon's not there but i think we'll be all right this one time absolutely yeah yeah so so i don't know it's it's very interesting go on sorry and that might be something we have to get used to is devon not being there as much given this UK deal because I don't think they're going to necessarily start planning around WWE you know there'll be times where especially with the venue situation there'll just be times that they have to do a certain day and if Jordan's not there so be it it's, it's too bad yeah exactly um, 
Yeah, that's that's exactly. Is this maybe now then the time that they start? And I know they've kind of been bubbling on it for a little while. Is this really where they they put Corvin as the next guy, as someone that they can kind of build around who will be there every month? Yeah, very very possible. Yeah, um, and that makes makes me think like when they did that story with the Kings of the North breaking up. If they if they had pulled the trigger on it, maybe we'd be in a different situation now. It seems like with the 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 face turn heel turn again last time, I don't really know what direction they're trying to go with the Kings of the North. I think the Kings of the North are stronger as heels. That being said, but um, the fact that they anyway have been doing Corvin and singles matches and Kings of the North being Duncan and Bonesaw, um, I almost wish that they had split up the Kings. Like still do you know Bonesaw and, and Duncan if they want but split off Corvin as his own thing then maybe you can have Corvin as babyface and the Kings as a heel you know or I don't know because I think now with Devon gone that they they need that next big Irish uh, single star to kind of fill the gap when he's not around you know of course yeah and I think Corvin uh, is the one even even I think more so than like Sean Guinness I think Corvin is someone because G- Guinness has been kind of out of the picture so long um, I think Corvin is someone they could maybe push to that level yeah yeah mm. I, I'm, I'm curious about it um, so yeah we get we get our Naito match tomorrow obviously uh, you know, my God, you still got Bandito and Flamita to put in a match. I mean, I see. You know, yeah. I know. I know a few friends of mine are really hoping that they, they do more than hype versus them. But I, you know, I just think about the fact that they are eighteen-year-olds going in there with people who don't speak English, who work a completely different style on the opposite side of the. I planet. just think you know I, I mean? it's it's a lot. It's a lot. I'm, I have a little bit of the mindset of like. You know, for so many years, I know that they've gone crazy lately. It's funny because Helen sells tonight. But for so many years, I I was like, oh, this will be the year they they jump off the cell and do all the mad shit. And for like a decade, they would never do it. And I feel like a lot of OTT fans get in that same mind of, oh, they'll do Flamita and Bandita against more than hype. Okay, maybe I'll be wrong. Nine out of ten times they're not doing that match, so don't get your don't get your hopes up for it. You know, <laughs> it'll be more than hype against Angel Cruisers is what you'll get. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's, yeah. it's like I I feel like you're only setting yourself up for disappointment when you expect. Um, True, but they also eventually gave us the the Jordan Walter singles match with no Haskins, and they did they did. I mean, Thatcher and Suzuki was people was people thinking, oh, are we going out on a limb here, or is this actually possible? You know, I like. I think that, I think well, Thatcher while, and Suzuki are both exports. Though. I'm talking specifically about the the Irish. Players. Irish, okay, yeah, okay, yeah, I get you. Um, yeah, interesting. Like the the, the the one time I can recall that they really kind of did that was Kings of North War Machine. Yes, yeah, but more often than not, it does. Like, it's I'm not saying never say never, but I I just think the majority of the time they don't do, it. especially in this case, like I said, where. Lij and Bandito Flamito uh, do don't speak English as their first language. I don't know yeah. about Flamito Bandito how how good their their English is, but um, I w- I wouldn't be putting these poor Japanese lads in with uh, Kings of the North or or these boys. You know, I, I think it'll be um, them. I, I I can see maybe Strickland and and the the Luchadors. It'll be something like that. Would be my prediction. Yeah. It's it's an eclectic mix of talent. Certainly. Now watch they tomorrow have. as they announce. Um, 
Naito against Justy or something. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing I was thinking was that in the absence of, of Devlin, if you just want Naito to come in, be a megastar, which he will be, um, do his trademark stuff, have a solid match, have your three-star match, and go home, you could pop him in there with Sean Guinness. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, and, and he's got, and he's got the Japanese it, connection anyway. He's got the Japanese he connection. That style. You know, he's 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 a, he's talented. He's trustworthy, and you know, like I said, if Naito is maybe not in the in, going I tell to you, I like that idea. I like that idea. Yeah, if he if he's not coming over here to have an epic, you can put him in there with someone who'll give you a good match. You know, um, yeah. and then pop you can pop the other three in in the case of the North match then, which is maybe less. Uh, or you pop, or you pop the other three in with Strickland and the Luchador and and, and, and the Luchadors, yeah, yeah. So I, I mean, it's like we said, it's interesting. They have. For again, for a month, for a, a day where they have to compete with ROH, TNA, and WWE UK, they have a, a preposterous collection of talent to throw together here. Yeah, um, absolutely. I'm, I'm not holding my breath for a women's match on this show, by the way. Um, I think they'll have one. I think they will. Uh, well, yeah. So, they, well, Martina's in Japan. Uh, fan that's, that's is her okay. last show for a while. Um, they'll so have they uh, Sammy in. Um, Sammy and. I don't know. What do you do? I mean, you could do a singles match with Katie if you wanted to. Katie or Debbie Cattell, maybe. Because I feel like they've done, they've gone to the Valkyrie well. I think too much too often now. Yeah, they need to. They need to not do Sammy Valkyrie again. You know, we've, yeah. we've got that in the stadium and already. I, and, and Defiant is the next night, so Sammy will be around. I don't know if she's booking on uh, on the Saturday night, but um, you know, if they can make something work, that'd be great. But uh, yeah, that's uh, that's OTT, and they announced uh, the tenth of November for "quote unquote" Dublin. <laughs> <laughs> so so once again, uh, sorry, just the the tone of voice you used to, to say that. Yeah, it's just another another fascinating instance of let's let's speaking of you know working ourselves into a shoot. Let's play the guessing game of um, of you know where you know, which outlandish venue are, are they going to do you think after the video where he made it seem like a wing and a prayer they got the Tivoli for September do you think they would have the balls to go back to the Tivoli yet again in November yeah honestly yeah I because when when they announced that I was thinking but I, I can't even hold it against them you know I can't even neither, neither can I because I feel like they are we said this we said this when we talked about the video of, of Joe announcing fan. It's like I'm very sympathetic to their plight, you know. Um, uh, but it is it's getting to neck cutting time, you know. Um, uh, but uh, but time will tell. I I suspect they will not tell us anything about that uh, until. Uh, oh wait, well, I don't know because the thing about I was going to say they could wait until uh, until the stadium show, but they're they're not that far apart. They're about three weeks apart. Like you, you could maybe. Maybe at the the fan show, the Tivoli show, they'll announce it. But, um, yeah, I think they will. But we'll see. We'll, that's 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 that's, a, that's yeah. I, th- I think I think I probably will be in the Tivoli. And um, I mean, on one hand, you know, I, I I do sympathize for them. Like if if a, if a slot opens up and they're offered it, I don't expect Joe to say, "Well, no, we already told people we can't <laughs> have it." You know, I think they they. they take the opportunities they can get but then on the other hand i do see the um the cynicism of them announcing it as if this is in case in fact what's happening them announcing it as dublin because um i don't know whether like has the fan appreciation show sold out yet or no i'd I'd me 
has this uh, fan appreciation night sold out? Do we know that? Uh, no, not yet. So, I mean, if if that's one of the the marketing points behind the show is it's in the Tivoli. Let's get go to the Tivoli when you still can. They're not while there are still tickets on sale. I think it would be foolish on their part to announce a further Tivoli show. You know, um, so I, I you know I I think I think in this case you have to be fair and say. I'm. I'm not going to have a go at them this time for not saying. No, if, if it is a Tivoli for not announcing it, that that's okay. It, it's business after all. So, um, I'm not going to this one fan one, but depending on the November card, if it's in the Tivoli, sure, I might go along. Well, we'll see. We'll see who's announced as well. Yeah. Know. Anyway, Jesus, we're <laughs> with this card we're getting in October. It would be very uh, mean spirited of us to have a go at something as trivial as that. I think. Of course, yeah. No, I was having a go. I just thought it was funny. I do think. Uh, it, yeah, it is. I mean, you're right. Um, earlier this morning, late last night, Matt Hardy seemingly announced his retirement. Hmm. Um, are we are we going to do a Daniel Bryan style podcast where we look back? Because I feel like Matt Hardy, um, although his career didn't mirror our podcast like the Daniel Bryan one did, because I think our first episode or one of our first episodes was that first NXT week, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, yes, that exact week in fact. I don't think Matt Hardy's career is exactly on the same way, but I feel like we started our podcast just as Matt Hardy really started going off the rails in like 2010. So he kind of had his his fall and and redemption during our podcast years. Yeah, um, absolutely. Um, he, I think we were just a few weeks old when he debuted in TNA. Um, so he had already had his issues with WWE and left. But then the TNA run brought about its, its own list of um, problems. When he debuted with the cornrows or the... the Tyler Rex hair. <sighs> um, yeah. So I, I, I don't know. I, I'm hesitant to believe this just because it's, it's, it's Matt Hardy and he's, he's, you know, he's played these kind of games before, but... Um, I'm interested to see what you know if there's any kind of acknowledgement of this on the pay per view tonight. We're obviously recording this tonight. Hell in a Cell um, uh, is on. Maybe tomorrow night on Raw is more of the occasion where they might actually draw attention to it. But it's like I think I think you get him and Jeff, and it's just like physically it feels like they're they, they're both kind of tapped out. Matt more so than Jeff. Yeah. Um, I mean, I mean, Matt's you know he's kind of had that funny walk about him for quite a while, and you know, yeah, um, the bow legs. The bow legs and and, and he's you know his he's, his shape has kind of fluctuated a lot, um, and that's obviously just of, of course due to the crazy style that they've done. Yeah. Matt in particular, everyone thinks of Jeff, but like Matt did that fucking leg drop for so long off the cage and all this other dumb shit, landed yeah. on his tailbone like a fucking maniac. I mean, um, uh, you know, yeah, no, it was no surprise that in later years he stopped doing that because he used to do that leg drop off the second rope as one of his one of his routine moves yeah try, like nothing that. transition move like never not even a finish so it's like uh you know physically kind of spent you know and he he kind of extended his life in tna and wrestling and, and it kind of coincided with his real life rehabilitation with the with his sort of creative mind well and, we spoke and, about that documentary a few weeks ago that they did on WWE which was which was great and i tell you in, yeah. in light of this news if anyone listening to this hasn't heard that uh the 24 documentary about the Hardys on the network is, is perfect viewing right now. But so he, he, he was able to, you know, boost his career life's, you know, lifespan with that. But that's, 
that just has not happened in WWE because first of all, they just they will not let him. You know, he's not being the writer, director, producer of this stuff. Of course not. Uh, I'm sure he's. I'm sure he's. He's very directly involved, and I'm sure he's probably leading the way. But it, it just has not been as good there as it was in TNA, and I think that's probably because he's probably not doing. Um, because he's not as hands-on. And then there's just the fact that it being WWE, he's just kind of a cog in the wheel. It doesn't feel as special anymore. They're, they're, they're rarely doing his skits. He's mostly, he was mostly just kind of going out there, doing matches, and then do the laugh. You know what I mean? Like, that was yeah. that was it. It was not any kind of every week, like on Impact, where every week there was a skit. You know what I mean? Every every week he was doing something silly. Yeah. Um, um, and so it's like, if you're not, not going to get that kind of stimulation out of it, if you're not going to get that kind of, and that, you know, and you're not going to be delivering the matches. I think, I think retiring and getting some kind of maybe a creative role or an agent role. I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I don't know. Do you think like does he want to be like an agent, or do you think he wants to like leave WWE and just be a blogger or something? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> no, but like he's not, he has had. They used to do the Hardy Show and shit like yeah, that. Yeah, like, yeah. They, do they uh, still do that? Even I don't know. I don't think they still do that. Okay. No, but like they 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 used to do that. And they used to do their you know, wacky online videos, not including the diner one. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So, um, I don't know. It's, CM Punk, it's motherfucking superstar. Ah, oh, the good old days. The good old days of the heavily drugged Hardy Boys. Uh, yeah, good. That's one word. That's the word for it. Good days. Big fat Matt Hardy would be good hanging out. Ah, oh, brilliant. <laughs> 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 yeah, I think, I think I think this will be one we'll follow up on next week, or we'll see if that's confirmed or not, or what the story is. Uh, so Helen SL is tonight. I'm not going to watch it. I could give two shits, to be honest. Um, they've changed the cage, though, Paul. Oh yeah. Now it's the now it's the TNA Asylum. Yeah, I heard about this. Um, I don't know. I like. I don't know. I, I, it's. I think. I, I think. I don't know if, if it would be. Do you think? I, I was trying to wrap my head around this, and I was like, I wonder, is it going to be easier or harder to see through? Because people made the, the TNA comparison, and I was like, that problem was more to do with the physical structure of the cage than the color. Yeah, the bars and are very is maybe, thick on it. Is maybe the red because it's such a sharp contrast to to what's going on in the ring, like everyone's ring gear. Would it, that maybe be easier to see through? Or is it much of a muchness that they just do it because it's hey hell, so it has to look red? Yeah, I mean they already use, you know, red and fire imagery quite heavily in the promoting of it. So yeah, the, the poster is atrocious, of course. See the poster? No. Uh it's it's. <laughs> Hang on, let me just Google LSL twenty eighteen poster. Braun Strowman. This company cannot have a design team. They must have laid everything off because oh the t shirts are horrendous lately. Um, and then this poster is like, there's nobody working in design for this company anymore. I'm confident of it. This isn't real. What I'm looking at. That is the, if, if it's the one I'm, th- I'm thinking of, it, is it with Braun as a demon? Yeah. That, no, that I, can't be real. That, that is real. That is real. It looks like something someone did as a Photoshop. Uh, fuck it. Roman looks like a gay saint from South Park. <laughs> Oy, oy, oy. That is something. That is really something. 
So anyway, uh, we're not talking about that card because we don't care. Uh, uh, the only thing so, I'm interested in is does Jeff Hardy jump off and turn to dust? I'm going to say that he probably does. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, he said he's going to do something crazy. And it's like, look, it's a, he, he ain't going to go in there and have a great match, you know, so. Who's he against, Stephen? Orton, is it? Uh, Randy Orton, for some reason. Well, not for some reason. We know why, but I just can't believe it's Hell in a Cell. Well, they, I mean, they did. Didn't Randy Orton have, like, Hell in a Cell with Sheamus one time or something? Yeah. Like, there's, there's some real old, <laughs> odd Hell in a Cells that we don't remember. But that happened in, in, in the last few years, certainly. And I think I think he had one with Mark Henry as well, if I remember. Uh, he did that, yeah, yeah. That was like the second time Mark Henry just beat him clean. Brilliant. Um, I love I love when Randy Orton like decides he likes people and he just loses them over and over again. <laughs> and he and then he'll go for years at a time without losing to anyone. Yeah. Uh, oh well, that's WWE Hell in the Cell just tonight. Uh, yeah. I'm interested exactly. actually in looking on which which matches on it are actually Hell in Cell matches because I have no idea. Okay, I I know, but I'll let you find out. Okay, I'll re- live re- YouTube. Paul reacts to Hell in Cell matches. Um, so Jeff Hardy, Randy Orton is a Hell in Cell match. Okay. Yep. That's that one. Uh, Roman Reigns, Braun Strowman is a Hell in Cell match. Of course. Yeah. With Mick Foley as the guest referee, sure Mick Foley oh, yeah. won't be able to get. Down on his knees and count the pinfall. Anyway, them legs. He got them. He's worse than my hardy legs. And this is Strowman's money in the bank cash in. Okay, I like that. I like that. That they, they're not doing the stupid cash in. Uh, that's it. Kill, they're the only two cell matches. Yeah, no women's, no women's cell this year. And isn't uh, I might be wrong here because I don't watch SmackDown, but isn't AJ Styles, Samoa Joe being built as like a blood feud? And that's yes, that's yeah, not in the cell. No. Whatever. No. Fair enough. Um, uh, I, I don't know why. I, I I think maybe because that's being like dragged out for another few months. Like it's going to be a, a, a and they want to do the gimmick match later. Uh, I they, guess that's my that's they, guess. They do the old uh, ladder match for Dominic, like they did in for for <laughs> Wendy. <laughs> um. Yeah. That card, the card is very weird. Um, like they're not doing a women's hell in a cell, which is which is fine because I don't think either of them need it. But I just, you know that's kind of their thing at the moment. Well, they they already did it. You know they've done a women's hell in a cell, so it wouldn't be yeah, the first. Like, it wouldn't be the first time ever. So what do they care? Yeah, yeah, but the point of doing it shouldn't just be to do it for the first time. No, but the point of doing it is to do it so they can pat themselves on the back and say, look, look what we're doing. First yeah. time ever, women's hell in a cell. See, even women can have hell in cells. And then once that once that box is ticked. Ooh, give it to Randy Orton and Jeff Hardy for some reason, baby. Don't care about that. Because Stephanie uh, yeah. Mann can't come out and do a promo about the second Hell in a Cell match. I guess not. Mm. Did you watch any of the May Young Classic, by the way? Well, Barry, you're outing me now as a not-woke man. Oh, there we go. Well, I was doing my homework before we see Miss Mako Satamora in, in... Well, I'm not going to that show, but... Oh well, if you oh even more of a sexist anyway. And I never watched the first Mayan classic, so how that? You didn't watch the first Mayan classic? Nah, nah. it was good. What's wrong with you? Um, and, I mean, other than being sexist, I mean, what's wrong with you? Other than that, yeah. Anyway, all right, that's that's going to do it for the wrestle golf there this week. Although to uh, be fair, WWE do a lot match do a lot of shows that only have men on. I don't watch them, so. Equal opportunity to not be watched. 
That's what I offer. So, who's the real sexist, Barry? I think you find it's you, if you look in the mirror. Oh, I've been done. Yeah. Whereas me, um, lover of women and women's wrestling, although I didn't go to Defiant either, which you did. I'm just going to stop talking now. Let's outro the show. And that's going to do it for this week's edition of the Chair Shop Podcast. We'll be back next week, hopefully with a townie in tow. And we're going to talk about, you know, if anything happened at uh, uh, LNSL, we'll know who the bowler winner is next week. Uh, that's ongoing. Uh, and yeah, any other bits and bobs we want to talk about? Uh, I guess, yeah, next week will be a, a fan appreciation night preview because yeah. uh, OTT is the following Sunday. Uh, I guess, yeah, two weeks' time, I won't be here, obviously, for the for, for that. Yeah. Uh, so, so keep that in mind. And uh, yeah, we I'll will have a back. Mac Miller review next week. Oh yeah, yeah. I hope I hope you make time for that. Good time or whatever it's uh, called. What's it called? Good uh, AM. Good AM. Good AM. Good AM. Good AM. That's it. Uh, yeah. Uh, so yeah, we'll be back next week with all that good stuff and more movie golf, TV golf, all that other stuff. So, uh, with all that said, it is goodbye from me, Barry Murphy, and it is goodbye. Goodbye. goodbye.